Hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Welcome to Your Tech Life, episode 343. Thank you for downloading. Lovely to be in your eardrums. Uh, lots to talk about this week. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology and Alcatel. Uh, the Alcatel range of mobile phones running Android. They're very good quality at a very affordable price and well worth considering. I'll tell you more about them shortly. Actually, stacks of news this week. Um, I'll run through my views and thoughts and then um, a few more of these stories and others uh, with Stephen Finnick in the next 24 hours. But, geez, we've got PlayStation, we've got Netgear, we've got uh, Olympic medalists, we've got Facebook. I may get to all these topics, I may not, I don't know. Um, but all of that plus your calls. A couple of interesting calls tonight. Hopefully um, we'll try and help them out. Uh, issues with Telstra and issues with, um, in fact, both <laughs> callers waiting on the line. Uh, somewhat Telstra related, I have to be honest. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to um, bring some joy to those listeners shortly. Um, as I say, we do it all thanks to Garmin. I appreciate the additional comments that have appeared on iTunes, and thank you to those people to whom I have sent EFTM drink bottles. Um, it was wonderful to just, you know, write your names and addresses on some envelopes and send you out the drink bottles, and a couple of you have already tweeted me to say thank you and hello, and that's awesome. Glad they got there. Um, only a couple, I'm looking around the corner, only a couple of drink bottles left, so I don't know. They'll probably stay in the family. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and there are still uh, some EFTM charge packs, battery packs available if you go to the website eftm.com.au and, I don't know, search for EFTM battery pack. You might be able to find the link there. 45 bucks, I think we're selling them for, but most of that is really just supporting the cost of buying all these things and getting more because as soon as they're all gone, I'm going to buy more. We'll get some cool merch leading up to um, the end of the year, I think. Now, the other very cool thing we're going to talk about tonight is I'm going to talk to a cyborg. Okay, are you ready for that? I'm going to talk to a cyborg. A man who self-identifies as a cyborg. He's here to talk about cyborg human rights or cyborg rights legislation. And it's a very serious topic. It's a very interesting one. I think you'll be kind of part confused, part interested, part weirded out, but also part very, very intrigued. So we'll have that conversation and more here on Your Tech Life. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say But Trevor Long's the world's best techie He's the kind of guy we picked on at school And it wasn't fair but he don't care, he's cool We're going to get straight into this week's calls, and then I'll bring you all the news and info and views and thoughts on the week. But before I get into the uh, the calls waiting on the line, um, a follow-up from last week, Christina, who rang uh, about her need to replace a small cog that was a part in a much-treasured Christmas decoration, and we were trying to find 3D printing for her. Uh, she sent me an email saying, Hi, Trevor, just wanted to bring you up to Square with my 3D printed cog for my Christmas decoration. Parts to print, parts to the number two print, were very prompt and obliging. After sending them some photos, they said they'd charge $100 an hour for scanning and subsequently this job will cost $50. I'm taking the part to them at Chippendale in a week, week or two, and they'll post it back. Thanks for the heads up. Well, that's very cool. Christina, I hope to see the part after it's printed, get some photos and maybe we'll uh, write a little story because that's a very cool way to fix a part. Get it 3D printed. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Episode 343. Thank you for downloading. It's great to have your company. If you've got a question about technology in your life, just go to the website eftm.com.au to have a chat and we'll see if we can help you out with your technology problems. 
Lise is on the line. G'day, Lise. Hi, Trevor. How are you going? I'm very well. What can I do for you? Look, I have major problems with Telstra and trying to set up a second modem. Telstra modem, by the way. Um, apparently, I can't really run it in what's called a bridging mode because then I render that second modem um, useless, as in we can't connect to it wirelessly. Okay, hang on. So uh, start, let's start back here a second. Two modems. Why would you want two modems? You, you got two okay. internet connections coming need, in, or, or, yes, do, I do or do need you two modems because we have a very long house, no, no, and okay. I've always run Le- a second one as, Lisa. I guess, like an extender. Mm, Lisa. So let's just go back to the start, though. You're talking about routers, yeah? Yes. Okay. The Wi-Fi. Route. Yep. No, that's the big difference between a modem and a router. Yep. Um, and okay. the router is modem what you route. want. Yeah, modem router, I guess I should have said. No, no, but still, even yeah. that complicates it because a modem router is configured to get its internet through the modem portion, not through okay. the router portion. So what have you currently got set up at home? What I've currently got is a Telstra modem router mm-hmm. that was sent out to connect to NBN. Yep. Um I also they also sent me another one for some reason they sent me another one exactly the same <laughs> and um, so I thought well so that's connected use... it's working you're getting the internet but yeah. one down one end yeah. of the house you're getting nothing down the other end of the house we just can't connect our telephone yep to any to anything because we're too far away for our second phone to connect it to to the, the one Telstra modem that we have in the office okay. <clears throat> So are you looking to simply provide Wi-Fi down the other end or are you trying to find a way to get a, a, another the whole other box down the other end so that you've got um, the VoIP phone plugged into that other box? I guess both. We okay. need the phone plugged in and we need the internet down the other end of the house. Is there any cable between the two locations? There is. It was all um, smart-wired, so okay. it all runs through the wall. We just... Um, Basically, have to connect it in, and it it connects to the modem in the office. Yeah, how important is it that you have the one network across the whole house? Do you do a lot of um, file sharing, videos, photos, and things on a single computer that you want to watch on your big screen TV or anything like that? I look. I guess not. I guess it's not that important. No, we don't do that really. It's mm. just. We just want to be able to access the internet from down the other end of the house and yep. also, probably more importantly, also use the phone. So because we run a business. So this, um, we, we sort of need the phone in the home office but also down the other end of the house when we're instead of running all the way up the other end of the house to grab the phone, we need that second phone um, connected to something. And you can't get a cordless that will do that? Um. Not so far. I've been trying to find out if I can, but, you know, I, I, I asked one person, they say no. I ask Uniden, for instance, no, we don't have any. Then I asked someone from Harvey Norman, say, and they said, yeah, Uniden do have some. So I don't know. I haven't sort but of gone I'm, down I'm, that road any further yet. The confusion I have around the, the phone is, um, is, it because that, is it because of the NBN and the VoIP that, that that's a problem? Or because otherwise you yeah. just plug your phone in at one end and then you have a, a second base state, a second phone down the other end of the house, no problems at all, just cordless phones. But yeah, it's because no, you need to no. find a cordless phone of that type that also plugs into the VoIP connection, yeah? Yes. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to say let's deal with the phone second. <laughs> um, first and foremost, the internet down the other end I don't think you should be using a modem router for that. I think you should be getting a, a router, um, and the configuration you need is complicated. And I'll be honest, Lisa, I tried to do this at my house, and frankly, too hard, too difficult, doesn't work very well. I just ended up putting in range extenders. Um, okay. And, and when we say your house is big, I mean, how big? What are we talking about in terms of length? It's obviously a single story, and it's a long um, home, is yeah. it? Yeah. So, yeah, um, look, it's probably twenty-five meters, thirty meters long. That—that's not a lot. Yeah, no, it's not a lot, but it's so you going through different rooms, and we can't get. We can connect mm. to the the one in the office, but we've sort of just got like one bar, and and it drops out, and we just can't hold that connection properly. So, so, we've so just the found, issue we, the issue will be that router is not uh, a tri-band. It's not the best router, it may be AC, which is a type of wireless technology, but 
it, yeah. it, it probably doesn't have all of the technology that a lot of modern routers have. So, for example, on my wall here, and I'm sitting in the bottom corner of my home. So my internet comes in literally in one corner of the home, and then I've, we've got a two-story home, and I would argue reasonably long, but not, not obviously not as long as yours. But with the router that I've got on my wall here, we don't have any other device in the home. We don't have range extenders or anything now because up in my son's bedroom, which is the furthest away, full bars of coverage. Okay. So I actually think the problem is that you're relying on the basic Telstra modem router to give you a much bigger solution than it's built to give. And what you do okay. is you, you should use that device to connect to the internet. So that's your modem, essentially. And then what I would do is invest in a, and, and it's only a recommendation because it's on my wall, I've tested it, and they are also a sponsor of another podcast, but something like the Netgear Nighthawk X8. Now this, Lisa, I have to be honest, you're talking $600. They're yeah. expensive routers, but they also have the high, the best range, the best, they have things, stupid things called beam forming, which sounds silly, but it directs the, the Wi-Fi beam to the device that's trying to connect to it. So there's a lot okay. of technology in these new routers, and that's the technology that won't exist in that basic over-the-phone um, over delivered router that Telstra kind of provide as their default service. So okay. I, I kind of feel like that's going to solve your Wi-Fi internet problems, and if it does not, then all you really should need is a single Wi-Fi range extender about halfway down the house where you do get good service, you plug it into the wall, and bingo, there's a network down the other end. It's really not that complicated. You shouldn't need to run the cable or anything. And okay. then, and then with that cable that is wired into the into the roof, what you could what you could or should be able to do is terminate that as a wall socket down the other end, and and at the modem end, just plug it straight into the modem. So that essentially, what you're doing is you're extending that little port on the back of the modem. You're extending that with a cable down to the other end of the house. You plug a VoIP phone into that, and it should work. Hey, presto. Okay. So utilize the cable in the roof to extend the phone line, if you like, but use a better quality router to to give your whole home Wi-Fi internet. Okay. That would be right. my recommendation. Now, it's you can't utilize that the, the second modem. I can see where you're going now. You had that second one kind of out of luck, and it's there, but... Like if I was sent two Netgear Nighthawks, I'd be jumping through hoops. But if I'm sent two yeah. two very basic, um, uh, you know, Telstra modems, I'd be like, yeah, well, you can have the other one back. Yeah, 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 true. Which I sort of know, but I just thought, you know, um, trying to connect to this phone just seems to be the big issue with MBN. To me, it's like they've gone backwards with MBN. It's like you're now connecting your phone, well wirelessly most of the time mm. with these modems and you know you're not sort of firmly plugged into the wall i've got to be honest that's my, my my biggest gap here is i don't have the nbn and so i can't speak to exactly how that all works so yeah. i need to i honestly i need to look better into that so i can give you better advice but i understood that you didn't need voip phones in a sense you, every um nbn router should come with phone kind of plug so that you could just plug a normal phone into them so i may be wrong on that and i may need to do some research but well they do hmm. they will well, well the the telstra ones do but as far as i know so far in my research i haven't been able to find a modem router that i can just sort of go into harvey norman or bingley or something and buy that has those those two i guess um the uni v points in the back that you can but the one that you've got phone. does have that right the one that we have, yeah, does have two of those where you can plug your phone straight in. Exactly. And so, done. so it, what it I'm suggesting is you plug your phone into one of those in the office, and you extend the second cable, uh, the second port to the other end of the house for a standard phone plug at that end, and then you provide the internet a whole different way. So, a whole second device for internet. Okay. That makes sense. So you keep that Telstra modem sitting there. You don't have to configure it. You don't have to do anything. It's working. And you just plug a new router into that one. It's the only device that's plugged into the internet ports. And it then provides the internet to the rest of the house. Okay. So you're just you using the the Nighthawk, I guess, as your main, you as use the main it, one. Exactly. You're running it off that. You're, you're okay. running it, all your devices, all of your iPads, iPhones, whatever they are, plug, wirelessly connect to the Nighthawk. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and if you've got a computer in the office, plug it by cable into the Nighthawk. But from the Nighthawk to the Telstra router is, is one single cable, uh, Telstra modem, yeah. sorry. And in the back of the Telstra modem, if there's four ports for computers, only one of them is used, and that's the Nighthawk. And in fact, yeah. if you can, okay. I would turn off the Wi-Fi on that Telstra router so that you're just not getting a second wireless network in the home. Oh, okay. So just use it as, as wired. It's like a modem. It's, it's, yeah. it's a modem and it does nothing else but provide internet to the Nighthawk and the Nighthawk provides internet to the whole home and office. Okay. Make sense? Okay. All right. Give it a and whirl. That, should, that mm-hmm. probably should get to most of the areas in the house anyway. I feel really, like I feel really confident that it will. I mean... You know, for a really, really big house, you might have, you know, two bars down the other end. But as I say, at worst case, you then just get a Wi-Fi range extender. You put it in the middle of the house and bingo, you've got Wi-Fi down the other end. Okay. All right. right. Sounds good. Good luck. I'll try that. No worries. Thanks for getting in touch. Not a problem. Bye. Good on you. And if you've got a question, you've got a problem, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Tech tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. This is Your Tech Life. If you've got a technology question, a problem, or you want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, just go to the website, eftm.com.au, just like Maureen did. G'day, Maureen. Hi, Trevor. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Bloody marvellous. What can I do for you? Um... I am trying to locate a mobile phone. Mm. Uh, the one I have at the moment is uh, becoming defunct on the 1st of December because oh, it's, it's 2G. 2G. right. Okay. So I have to get a new one. Uh, and I have tried and I have seen and quite liked the uh, telecom. Uh, the tel- oh, telecom. Telecom. Oh, that's gold. I love it. The tel- <laughs> <laughs> so am I. The Telstra... Uh, Easy Touch mm-hmm. um, Discovery Four. Okay, they've got I'm some. They've got some good. They've got some good ones. Who's your Who's your mobile provider? Is it Telstra that you use for your mobile phone every month? I am a prepaid with Telstra. Okay, um, and have you not been able to find it at Telstra? I can find it at Telstra, uh-huh. but my son instructs me it has to be unlocked. Telstra are locked, and Telstra charge a hundred dollars to unlock it. I think that's robbery. So I, I partly I'm agree to with find you. Find it somewhere else. I partly agree with you, but here's let's let's be honest. When was the last time you were not with Telstra? Never. So I love your son's um, thought process, but unless you're planning on moving away from Telstra, it doesn't matter that it's locked. Well, I think he has plans of moving me away from Telstra. <laughs> <laughs> He's got uh, the plans, not me. I just go along with whatever. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. He's now a techie, I see. Not me. How much are you spending every month with Telstra prepaid? Uh, it's not every month. It's only uh, every few I months. I pay a hundred dollars a year for my mobile phone. That's that's prepaid. still a lot, but that, so that lasts you the whole year. You know what? But I only, I only need it for basics. I only need it for calls and te- and text messages. Mm. How many do that, How many calls do you make? Not receive, make. Um, very few because it's so expensive. If you could make more, would you? Uh, I'd make a few, but not a lot. And and how many texts are you sending? I love that you're sending texts. Not a lot. Yeah. But I but I do. I mean, I, I text more than I talk. Well, look, I I don't know what your son's got planned. But, Neither do I. Didn't ask him. Yeah, yeah. There's look. There are a couple of good players out there. Vaya just um, started a plan that's um, that's pretty good for unlimited calls. Uh, Amazim now have 365 day expiry plans. And yeah, Aldi. But can you, it's the actual buying of the phone that I have. No, a no. But with. here's my point. But I'm just saying there are a lot of lot of good deals out there for mobile yep. plans. But a yep. hundred bucks a year is pretty darn good. I don't think your son's going to really find much better. Right. So. I th- so what honest, you're saying is stick with Telstra stick, and get the phone and it doesn't have Telstra. to be unlocked. Exactly. And you've solved all your problems except for your son's. And um, <laughs> that's his problem, isn't <laughs> it? Would you like to talk to him into that? Yeah. Well, look, I will if I have to, Maureen. No, okay. I will. Upstairs. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, as I said, I admire the fact that your son's thinking out, outside the box with that. Yep. But in terms of simplicity, reliability, um, you know, why, why change? It's not like you're upset about the cost 
Um, what are you, what are you uh, what do you think of that particular phone? Uh, if it's if you've seen it, you liked it, you, and 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 it's what you want, get it. Is that a flip phone? It's not a touch phone. It's a flip yes, open one. It's a flip. Well, I've got the Motorola flip. Yeah. Well, my, and I quite like it. I just gave my mother a, a Telstra flip phone. Um, right. It's not the it's not the one that you're looking at. They have a right. few different ones, and here's what I love about them. And excuse me for pretending. Like, you know, old people need different things. But what I loved about giving this to my mum was that when you're typing the numbers, not only do they come up on the screen really big, but it yes. says the number. So it says zero, four, out loud. Yes, it talks to you. It's very good. And this yes, was... I'm, I'm not deaf and I'm not blind, but I find it handy. Exactly. It's not like it's, not like it's trying to say, you know, you need this, but it's just no. very handy. And I think you'll find if you walk into any Telstra store... They'll have, it may not be that exact one. And the one I gave my mum is not that exact phone that you're talking about. Right. But they have plenty of simple flip phones. Um, uh, even their most simple prepaid at $100 is, is a great little phone. So I don't uh-huh. think you'll have any problem finding that phone at Telstra. And you're right. If you want it unlocked, it is a bit of highway robbery. Yeah, um, I'm glad you agree because I think. Yeah. But I you've mean, got the to remember. Only two hundred and sixteen dollars. I think that's too much. Another hundred to unlock it. I, I don't think you need to spend that much money on a phone. To be honest, I think you can find one cheaper than that. A hundred bucks probably at a Telstra store. That um, really? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you need to spend two hundred bucks, uh, Maureen. There's a lot of good phones out there for. For for a hundred dollars, um, right. So I'd I'd be more inclined to advise you rather than worrying about how much the unlock is, I'd be inclined to get you to look um, more extensively at what Telstra has in terms of offers for mobile phones. Um, right. There, um, I think. Do you think the, that's overpriced? I think two hundred bucks is a lot to spend it on a phone you're not using much. So okay. the one I gave my mum is the Telstra Flip T Twenty. Now it's hundred and nine dollars. Yep. It's a flip phone. It, yep. as I say, it has the you know reads out the the numbers pretty loudly. the The Telstra Easy Call Three is not a flip phone. It's like an old kind of um, they call them candy bar style. One hundred nineteen dollars. Yep. They have a they have a. I, I, I like the size. It if, and it still fits neatly in my handbag. It's special has a mm. has a special little slot. For I think it. you'll find the Telstra Flip T Twenty is smaller right. than the one you're you're looking at. Okay. So my point is, don't don't buy that just because it's there. Make sure you ask what else is available. Yeah. Because I don't want you to spend two hundred bucks when you only need to spend a hundred and nine or a hundred and twenty. Yeah, but down here it's terribly hard to get in to see anyone at Telstra. They say, yeah, we can see you in forty five minutes. You're in Melbourne. Is, what's that? Where where are you in Melbourne or outside of Melbourne? I'm I'm in the Dandenongs, but that's at Knox. What's your local um, Telstra store? Knox. Knox. Here's what I'm going to do, Maureen. I'm going to speak to Telstra tomorrow. I'm going to ask them to get the store manager from Knox to contact you and make sure that you are looked after like the loyal customer that you are, and hopefully we'll get you sorted out, okay? Well, I've never gone anywhere else with well, money. This is my life. point, right? This is my point, okay? You deserve well, some loyalty made back. Much money out of me, though. <laughs> hey, you know what? They bank on that $100 from you. Oh, listen. Not, not when I see what other people pay. Exactly. But imagine, Maureen, imagine 100,000 Maureens in this country going, you know yes, what? Yes, it did help, help their bank balance. Exactly. And, and imagine if you all said, bugger it, we're going to Optus. Yep. Yeah, they, they wouldn't like that. No, they would not. So no. you all deserve the loyalty that, that you've given them. So let me yep. talk to Telstra on your behalf and get you treated properly, okay? Well, thank you very much for that. Leave it with me, Maureen. Okay, thanks, Trevor. Good on you. Thanks for getting in touch. Enjoy your program. Appreciate your loyalty, Maureen. I love it. Thank you. Good on you. And uh, hopefully her son's not too upset. (laughs) EFTM.com.au if you've got a question about technology in your life. All right, we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology. Later on, I'm going to tell you about Chloe Esposito, but... The watch that she wears, Garmin Phoenix 3. Now, the Garmin Phoenix is a, a true performance, but also very stylish smartwatch. Um, it has 1.2-inch sunlight-readable chroma display. It has fitness training features like VO2 Max and Recovery Advisor. Um, it has outdoor navigation features like 3-axis compass, altimeter, barometer, track back and sight and go, Connect IQ, customized apps, Uh, widgets, watch faces, and data field. The Phoenix 3 is the rugged, 
capable and smart multi-sport training GPS watch with feature sets for fitness training plus feature sets for outdoor navigation. The Phoenix 3 is ready for any training activity. That's pretty obvious in the modern pentathlon. You can find out more by going to the website garmin.com.au. Hey, now, I, you know, I love the PlayStation VR. I think it is the best virtual reality solution that will be available for your lounge room. And if you don't believe me, you can now find out. Here's how cool it is. They're bringing this thing to Westfield shopping centres over the next few months. Starting in Victoria, Westfield Southland on the 10th and 11th of September. Westfield Knox in Victoria on the 17th and 18th of September. Westfield Belconnen in the, AC- Belconnen in the ACT on the 24th and 25th. Uh, Westfield Parramatta in Sydney on the 8th and 9th of October. Um, Westfield Bondi on the 15th and 16th of October. Westfield Chatswood, 22nd, 23rd and 29th and 30th. Westfield Hornsby, my local, on the 12th and 13th of November. And Westfield Garden City on the 19th, 20th and 26th and 27th up there in Queensland of November. All the dates are at eftm.com.au. Honestly, check it out. This thing goes on sale October 13. It's only $549 when paired with a PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 4 camera. It is so good. Honestly, yeah, you, you've got to check it out. Now, you do need to register for those um, for those uh, exhibitions at Westfield. So go to TryPSVR, TryPSVR.com, um, and you'll get an email when bookings go live. So I just, I, I honestly, I challenge you not to want to have a go. It's very, very cool. Check it out at EFTM.com.au. Now, before we talk to our cyborg, it's pretty full on. I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm a bit nervous. Uh, Netgear last night announced a new system for Wi-Fi in the home. Now, this won't be available in Australia probably till end of September, maybe October. I think we'll get local availability soon. I think it'll be priced around $700, which is a similar price to the big high-end routers like their Nighthawk X8. But this one is called the Orbi, Netgear Orbi, O-R-B-I. Now, it is a very new style of Wi-Fi router system because it's not a black antenna-based router and then range extenders. It is two devices, quite tall, sort of cylindrical, white devices. One of them sits right there where your modem is. The other one you put in the middle of the house. And they use one of the three tri-band antennas to connect to each other and the other two to create networks. And therefore, you get a strong reliable network all throughout the home. I don't know that I can explain it any better than that, other than to say, as soon as it's available, I'm going to try it. And I reckon the mind will be blown. So we'll check it out. It's called the Netgear Orbi 399 US. I think that means around 700 Australian dollars, not being great. So it could be 750. Um, It looks like a really cracking, great product. So check that one out also at eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Your Tech tech Life with Trevor Long. I don't think you've ever thought about the rights of cyborgs and whether or not the Australian government should be considering these, these things. And while that general conversation may be a bit extreme, what it does point to is the conversation that I guess governments need to have about whether or not the way our legislation works is actually preparing us for the new world. And there's a man who actually sells a kit that will turn anyone into a cyborg, and he himself is a cyborg, which will freak you out in, in basic principle. But when we talk, I think you'll understand what we're talking about here. His name's Amal Grafster, and he's on the line. G'day, Amal. Hey, how's it going? Very well, mate. Welcome to Australia. Thank you. Now, tell me, firstly, why are you here? What, what brings you to Australia? Well... I'm uh, here to uh, to discuss uh, kind of human augmentation rights and uh, like cyborg rights in a, in a kind of a council that's been hosted by uh, the Deus Ex um, game release party. So um, it's kind of an interesting uh, thing to even be talking about augmented or human human rights in a kind of an augmented or cyborg context. But uh, um, yeah, that's why I'm here. I have this feeling that most people listening will think of a cyborg as almost a robot, right? So what is at the very minimum requirement to define oneself as a cyborg and how do you or why do you define yourself in such a way? 
Sure. Uh, actually, there's been cyborgs among us for a very long time. I mean, anybody with a pacemaker or a cochlear implant or even something as simple as an IUD, uh, you know, kind of birth control uh, system, they are all relying on technology to interact with their biology in a way that's beneficial. Mm -hmm. And so in, in many respects, the cyborgs are common. They're among us today. Um, the, the thing that I have, I, I have uh, several devices right now. I have two of our uh, what's called X-series implants. They're RFID transponders. Um, so these are like the pet chips, the, the things that dogs and cats get. Um, they're identifiers. So I can go up to my my house door, or my office door, or can log into the computer, I can start my motorcycle, st things like that. So it's a it's a it's a chip like your tap and go card in your in your credit card that allows you to transact with another appliance. So in your case, as you say, the front door. So I've got a mobile phone and I've got a Bluetooth front door. What you have is the next level, I don't need to carry my mobile phone around. If the chip was in my hand or my arm, uh, the door would know it's me because I'm there. Yeah, exactly. You just present the chip to a, to a reader uh, on the door and it opens. So, I mean, you're obviously, you've obviously got this. These are obviously a kit you sell. How prolific is, is, the, is the implant-based technology cyborg as, aside from the cochlear pacemaker style? Well, actually, I mean, we've sold, we've been uh, running DangerousThings.com uh, now for about three years, and uh, we we've sold uh, tens of thousands uh, of these chips and, and several hundred into Australia. Mm. Um, so it's uh, it's rapidly approaching kind of uh, the plateau of you know somebody who might want to get a piercing or a tattoo, or maybe they'll get an implant and uh, play, start playing around with RFID technology. So, what are the issues for someone who defines themselves as a cyborg in terms of rights? What what, what do you see as being the the most important thing that needs to be addressed? Yeah, so I mean, at the moment, you know, you think about um, the the ability for a person to. Uh, take take your cell phone and destroy that. Well, that's that's property damage. It it sucks, but it's not a it's not a huge loss. Uh, right. But if somebody comes up and takes a prosthetic, for example, mm. um, and destroys that, is that assault or is that uh, property damage? The the line gets uh. kind of blurry there. Uh, but I don't think anybody would argue that uh, somebody coming up and and maybe attacking your pacemaker or you know some kind of medical device that's clearly assault. Um, and so that's that's not really a problem. The the gray area starts to come in uh, with how um, you know companies and governments and police view these devices. Are they are they property? Are they seizable? Can the government forcibly remove these from your body uh, mm. because they view it as property? They don't view it as part of who you are. Um, can an employer, uh, you know, mandate that you have to get an implant to, to be able to work there? So there's, there's kind of both sides of it, isn't there? Because I was thinking when you said that about, um, you know, the property damage versus physical assault. Um, let's say um, uh, someone created a technology that not only interfered and therefore stopped an RFID chip at the very simple way working, but also disabled it. Let's say, you know, they were able to actually uh, bring damage to that chip in such a way that it, it rendered it no longer useful. Um, that is a, a form of attack in a sense. Um, and then likewise, the complete opposite is your workplace says that everyone must have this. There's two very different conversations that need to be have about those two things, right? Yeah, I mean, there is. This, this is why the council is put together, right? So we can discuss kind of a, the, the cross-section of these, of these issues. Um, my, my personal approach is, um, you know, ensuring that that people understand there's a fundamental difference uh, between you know a person picking up a cell phone or strapping on a Fitbit uh, or having some kind of external wearable that is just a temporary tool versus having a device that's actually inside of them. Mm. Um, you know, you're sitting there right now, your kidneys are working hard, doing their job, but you're not really thinking about them. No. And in much the same way, the, the chips that go in my hands um, and I use them on a daily basis, you know, I don't think about them, I don't manage them. They're just they've become part of of who I am as a person. And so, you know, if I were to have them destroyed, um, you know, right now it's, it's you know, I, I would feel a real sense of loss, but that that sense of loss increases with more dependence I put on these That's right. Over devices. time, we are going to become more dependent on such things and a person who chooses to become cyborg, um, I guess, dependent because they're implanted as opposed to worn is more adversely affected by any negativity around that. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you 
talking about a cryptography device. Like uh, we have a device coming out called Yuki, and this is a next generation device. It, it has full cryptography hardware in there. I can I can build my life around this implant such that I'm protecting my privacy through encrypting my, my data. I'm signing my transactions, Bitcoin transactions. I'm making payment and. We're actually building an application for storing medical data um, on this device. And so this becomes a real serious critical tool in my life, not just a fancy getting rid of my keys kind of application, but a real actual integrated into my full digital lifestyle. And so, you know, being able to ensure that this is uh, this data, this device is sovereign as sovereign as anything else in my body. My my uh, my body integrity is includes this device. That's that's what I want to really kind of push for and advocate for. So in, in terms of the legislative government conversations, how far away do you think some form of consensus or even passing of, of legislation could be? Are we talking two years, five years, ten years? Do, do, in reality? In, in reality, I'm not sure. Maybe a couple years, uh, yeah. perhaps here in Australia. In the U.S., it's already happened. We have three states that have passed laws about... Uh, employers mandating employees to have chips implanted. Um, it's been uh, some people have called it uh, a bit uh, ahead, uh, you know, jumping the gun a bit, but yeah. uh, uh, but it's happening now. So legislation is being passed now. People are being augmented with these technologies now. So now's the right time to talk about it. Finally, before I let you go, I have to now throw the crystal ball on the table and say, Radio Amal, you are ahead of the curve. You have taken. A very, very clear decision to to live as a cyborg with, you know, implants with the future of technology as a part of your being, as opposed to a thing that you can forget to put on one day. In f- let's go ten years. What is a day in the life of a male grafter like in ten years from now? That that in in terms of your relationship um, to the technology in your body. I think that um, you know we'll probably end up with. Uh, a device that in, in 10 years probably has, uh, you know, an active power source in it and uh, is able to communicate with nearby devices at greater ranges, able to sense uh, information about my body, communicate that uh, throughout the night as I sleep, uh, inform me of my my sleep quality and uh, expected productivity during the day, maybe suggest uh, when I should take a nap or take, a, take some coffee uh, to, to help me get through the day. Uh, then, you know, be able to uh, actually authenticate every transaction that I do uh, throughout the day, meaning you know, if I need to check my stocks or um, move some money around at the bank, then uh, it will be protected through strong cryptography, not by simple usernames and passwords. Mm. Um, you know, being able to move freely through throughout a, a space, through between doors, but not actually um, leave those doors unlocked. So they're, they're high security uh, setup, but uh, the, the Progression through through my daily life is effortless, um, so I'm 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 getting the most of maximizing my security, both physically, my data security, and communication security, uh, with minimal effort. So mm. that's uh, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Um, it, you you really get me thinking with regards to the health monitoring and you know what it might know about your body. Is that a really hugely positive in terms of? Proactivity about the the concept of a cyborg, you know, you could absolutely assume there's a lot of negativity around it. Is the positivity that to come that there may well be the technology that allows people not to be strapped to to devices for for continual monitoring, but to have these devices implanted so that they are able to live a more normal life with the ability for their body to tell them essentially when they need to do certain things based on their health condition, given that may be monitoring a particular part of their health. The, the concept that I'm really focused on with the devices that I'm making and uh, and wanting to create implants around is the idea or the concept of management. Yeah. So, you know, patient compliance is extremely low when it comes to any kind of device or procedure or even medications to be taken. And you'll see a lot of devices that are wearables uh, like Fitbits and whatnot. They end up in the drawer because mm. you, you already have these three things you need to manage, your wallet, your phone, your keys. You know, if you add to those devices that management burden grows um, and you don't see a direct daily benefit, you're going to not want to do that. So the, the real advantage of being able to have these, these information, um, you know, body monitoring information services, cryptography services, all of these kinds of um, digital capabilities, but integrated into an implant that has no management. Like you literally get up, 
You move effortlessly through your day. Um, it's doing a great job for you uh, as you go go through your day. Th that's very powerful. Um, and the data that's available can help you, can help your doctor, um, and and it won't uh, it won't be something that you uh, find uh, tedious to use. Last question. I know I've said that before, but um, uh, do you, do you have a similar conversation going on in the community about security and safety? Because, you know, there's some pretty uh, gruesome things going on in movies where people are, you know, cutting chips out of people and stuff when they think future-wise. Do we have to worry about that and, and concern ourselves with how that works as well? Because obviously, you know, if we're walking around with our no, I, I really door don't locks... Think so. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really think so. Because the, the reality is that, uh, you know, if somebody wants to, like, hold you up and steal your money or something like that, that's, that does happen, but it's extremely rare. Mm. Um, and... Even more are physical assaults for those reasons. Like yeah. you can be you can be physically assaulted for any number of reasons, but it's rarely because of a robbery, right? And so the idea of like cre of doing surgery on somebody um, to get at their specific you know door key or something, it's just a little far fetched. And um, there are easy, simple ways around around that, which is um, you know we're working on methods for ensuring that if the chip is removed, then it stops working. That kind of thing. So. Um, yeah. You know the the idea that that this is a this is a reality is is really um, kind of a more fantasy than reality. In in all, it's it's part fantasy and a more, much bigger part reality. Especially for you, it is fascinating stuff, and I appreciate your time tonight, Amal. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, so a lot of new TVs launched this year, and I've really only just had a chance to actually get my hands on them. Now, Samsung's new curved high-end TV, $6,299 for a 65-inch. I haven't had time at home with it for many days, but I, I did get to sit in a hotel room in Sydney and watch some movies. And I'll start with this one because it's the most expensive of the three I'm about to tell you about. 6,265-inch curve, beautiful television. Beautiful to look at. Samsung have done wonders with the, um, the on-screen operating system, the, the, the navigation through apps. Um, they've done wonders to bring themselves up to LG quality in terms of the operating system. The It's lengths ahead in terms of Netflix. If you're a Netflix viewer, that's the TV for you because um, you don't even need to launch the Netflix app to, to keep watching stuff you've watched before. It goes straight to the stream. There's some really great features in there. But for some reason, I'm still disappointed by this TV. I don't like the curve for a start. But secondly, there's something about the way it shows white on black that it really grays out a large part of the screen and it... It just bugs me every time I see it. I don't know whether it's because I seem to see the same sort of content, but I watch the same couple of movies on all these TVs, and Samsung came off third best. Third just. I mean, it's, we're talking margins of ridiculousness here. But for $6,300, it wouldn't be my first pick. LG's TV at $5,000, 65-inch also, would be my pick of the flagship devices, if you had that much money. This thing, beautifully super thin on the side, bulky down the bottom where the, where the brains of it is. A beautiful screen, excellent colors, pretty good blacks, not OLED quality, but very good blacks. Um, a very nice screen. The, the, their WebOS is the best, I think, generally. If I'm going to spend five grand on a TV, I'd be buying the LG. But behind that was Hisense. Now, the one I tried was the 55-inch at $1,500. Their 65-inch, comparably, is half the price of the other two, $2,500. And it looks great. It's not as sleek a design. It's not as thin. Um, there's a bigger bezel around the outside. The stand looks okay. It doesn't look as amazing as the Samsung and the LG, but it does look good. It does look expensive. It doesn't look like a cheap knockoff brand, and it's not. You think of Hisense as this second tier, I've got to be honest... For the money, I just feel like even if I had five grand, I'd I'd spend twenty five hundred on the high sense, and then I'd probably buy a really nice sound bar and and maybe maybe a sound system. But but if you want to truly future proof yourself and truly get the best, I know you've got to spend that big bucks with LG or Samsung. But if you want that but can't afford it, do not be disappointed spending fifteen hundred dollars or twenty five hundred dollars. I think the challenge is that LG and Samsung limit their $1,500 and $2,500 TVs to taking away some features. They might not have HDR. They might not have the same on-screen apps or, or accessibility. And I think that's where it's a bit disappointing. 
maybe I need to be realistic and actually ask for three comparable size and price TVs. So I may look at getting the 65-inch, or maybe we've got 55-inch Hisense LG and Samsung to see what actually you're missing out on. But for my mind, apart from the LG OLED, which has the best picture quality I've ever seen, I think the Hisense was a second place. A distant second, and only by a nose, but I think it was bloody good. So if you've got a Hisense, I've heard a few people tweet me, um, let me know. The the HDR is not available through the HDMI port yet, but there's a firmware update coming. I got to play with that. It looks great, um, but no reason not to buy that television. You're listening to Your Tech Life. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. So I've been doing this radio show on TUE for the last few months. So I'll finish up this weekend um, talking to just random general talk back on Sunday afternoons. And last weekend, Chloe Esposito won a modern pentathlon gold medal, the first ever medal in modern pentathlon for Australia. And she was so happy, so bubbly. She was so smart. She's beautiful. There's all these things in her favor. But there was this thing that bugged me. She's wearing this big watch, and it looked familiar to me. Now, I was lucky enough to get a chance to interview her. And so, of course, I asked the question. Hey, tech nerd question. The, uh, the watch on your wrist, the Garmin Phoenix. Oh, yes. (laughs) I love it. I wore that. It was like my lucky charm because I was just thinking I wasn't going to wear it in the combined because everyone's like, oh, it's so big and a bit heavy. But I love it. I wear it to every training session. And I thought, you know what? I'm just treating this like another training session. Got my Garmin Phoenix on and, yeah, and just ran with it on it. So I think it was my lucky charm the whole competition. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cool Um, that that A, she wore it, um, and B, it, it it has an impact on her training. What about that? A gold medalist wears a Garmin Phoenix. I think that's great for Garmin. Um, and they've done very well out of that, just that conversation. But uh, well done, Chloe. Um, and good on you for just sticking to your normal training routine and just wearing your normal watch. Um, but, geez, it's a big watch for a little girl. But um, look fantastic on the wrist because she's wearing the white one with the rose gold, right? She wouldn't wear the big black sapphire one. So there, there it is. It's a pretty good... That's a pretty good sign that the uh, Garmin Phoenix is a quality product worth considering if you're into uh, India training because, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's being worn by a gold medalist. Okay? Don't, uh, don't think otherwise. Uh, now, uh, you're listening to Your Tech Life. Let's keep cracking on with the show. Now, the Alcatel Go Play is the rugged, waterproof, dustproof, smartphone that you can now buy for just two ninety nine. That's right, two ninety nine. And it's available at Big W. Uh, easy to buy. It's buy it online. Just go to Big W's website and search Alcatel Go Play 299. Available in a couple of different colors. It's a great looking phone. Um, a great screen. Great version of Android. And it works really, really easily. It's not the best camera. It's not the best screen, but gee whiz. Three hundred dollars you're getting bang for your buck. This thing is great for kids, teenagers who are dropping their phones because it does everything they need, Snapchat, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Makes calls, sends text. But when they drop it, no issue. No issue because it's shockproof, waterproof, and dustproof. So check it out. The Alcatel Go Play is available now. $2.99 at uh, Big W. You can find it online at bigw.com.au. Hey, did you know... Why Facebook recommends certain people to you? So I got this question during the week from Sarah, who um, uh, used to be in PR. I, I don't know that she's anymore directly. Sorry, Sarah. Anyway, she tweeted, Facebook's friend suggestions are getting creepy. And I went, oh, sorry, suggesting me. And she went, ha ha. Um, and she said, no, no. She had a bingle. Someone crashed into her car. And then it suggested that person as a friend. So I said, well, here's what's happening. And I wrote about it. You can find the full story at eftm.com.au. But here's what happens. When you add a phone number to your contacts on your phone, it sends that to Facebook. Facebook goes, oh, I know that person. Do you want to know that person? And it suggests them. And it's a thing called upload contacts. It's in every smartphone and you can turn it off. And you've probably turned it on by default. So you go into the settings, you turn off upload contacts and it stops uploading new contacts. But there are still contacts on Facebook you might want to delete. So the link is on my website, eftm.com.au. Check out the Facebook um, story there. You can actually go and see how many contacts are listed on your Facebook account that are unconnected to Facebook accounts 
and then you can delete them. It's not creepy in my mind. It's very smart. But if you're the kind of person that adds everyone to your phone, the painter, the plumber, the electrician, the people you smash into, then you might want to delete them from your phone or um, delete this setting on your phone. But if you're the kind of person that loves finding everyone you know, this is awesome. But it's just kind of a warning to everyone, okay? It's just a warning. That's why it's happening. That's why that feature exists. Don't freak out too much about it, okay? Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And just finally, we'll talk about this in more detail with Stephen Fennick tomorrow, but good news for Telstra and Optus customers. And I think a big um, flag-waving to Vodafone to say, hey, guys, you might miss out here. Telstra last week announced that they would offer three months free Presto Stand and Netflix. Not Presto Stand or Netflix, Presto Stand and Netflix. So new and recontracting customers get three months access to Netflix, Stan, and Presto. So you can watch them all, watch all the movies, and then decide which one you want to sign up for. Now, they still charge you to watch it in terms of the data, but the access fees, the demo period, the trial period is now three months. Now, that's cool. Now, you know they offer Apple Music as well. You can get like 12 months free Apple Music if you're a Telstra customer. That's good, but they charge you to listen to the music via the data. Not anymore. That's now unmeted. Now, over at Optus, they had prepaid customers getting free Google Play Music, Spotify, Pandora, and iHeartRadio streaming. The data was free. They've now brought that over to postpaid customers, so if you're paying month-to-month or on a contract, you can now get free data for your streaming of your music services that you're paying a subscription to. But more importantly, they've added free streaming for Netflix and Presto on the $100 and $130 plans. Now, if you're not on those big plans, you can pay 10 bucks, and instead of getting an extra gig of data, you pay 10 bucks and you get unlimited streaming. So data-free, unmeted streaming. Very, very cool. It's very smart, very wise, very savvy, and I wonder what the hell Vodafone's going to do next. We have to wait and see. Anyway, that is what's coming from Telstra and Optus. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This has been Your Tech Life, episode 343. Next week, uh, great question. I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late in the week because I'm going to Berlin for the IFA show. Um, so I'll record on the ground in IFA um, a couple episodes maybe. All right, so I'll bring you uh, Your Tech Life live from Berlin. Um, and uh, I look forward to your company then. Tweet me, say day on Twitter, at Trevor Long. Say day on Facebook. Just go to search for Trevor Long. You'll find me or you can go to trevorlong.com. And, of course, email me anytime you like. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.